Well, there's not much more to say, really, is there? <laughs> Let's go home. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone, on stream. It's great to have you with us. It means a lot to us that you'd want to be part of this. It's great. And, um, yeah, there's a lot. That guy mentioned up there, we need to get better-looking actors, I think. But that's okay. Um, today, I just want to share with you a perspective on this whole giving thing. And um, it's a journey. Like I said, I'm on a journey, church. Beekeeper, if you see me running, you better keep up. Okay? So come and join me on this journey. And uh, I want to share with you some thoughts that I've had on this giving. You see, I believe the local church is the hope of the world. Bill Hybels used to quote that all the time, and it got in my heart, and it's so true. And what we talked about, helping communities and, and doing things which show Jesus' love to people who may never have even walked into a church, that's what the church does. We're the hope of the world. And um, I mentioned their hope initiatives. We're going to start putting our feet on the ground with this one a bit over the next few months. I want us at Hawkesbury to be thinking about how do we actually put that word hope initiative, how do we put it on the ground? How do we put our feet on the ground? Watch this space because we're going to do some radical stuff because I love the fact that we can bring hope to people who might not be feeling hope right now. Don't you think that's the church's job? I think it is. Anyway, I've been speaking about, about this kingdom that we have. God has, Jesus said, I've come and the kingdom of God is at hand. And that was 2,000 years ago. He made the kingdom available for everyone, right? And I've been preaching on this. I, I talked about how the kingdom is defined by two words, really. Jesus rules. Is he the king? Is he the king over my life? Is he the king over my time? Is he the king over my finances? If he is, it's an indicator that I'm actually in the kingdom. I'm not convinced every believer actually walks in the kingdom every day. I know that I don't. Not every day. I'm working at it. I'm working at walking in that kingdom every moment by moment. That's my goal, getting better at it. And um, this kingdom is beautiful. You enter the kingdom, I think Jesus, the born again thing, when people are born of the spirit, when people are born from above, that's the entering part. And I honestly believe that walking with the Holy Spirit is the key to being in the kingdom. And we've talked about that. If you wanna look at all the former messages that we've been preaching over the last few weeks, um, please look at that. It's more than just a good sermon. It's a discovery which I'm making. And I'm hoping we're all going on this journey to discover how do I walk in the kingdom? I've realised the problems that I face in life are usually hanging around and holding me back because problems will come, right? Tragedies will come. Circumstances will always come. We live in a broken world, a fallen world. But if they hang around and hold me back, it's usually an indicator that I'm not traveling in the kingdom right now. I'm not allowing the king to rule over that circumstance. That's really where it's at. That's what I'm discovering in my life. So today, with the thought of giving and how we, uh, we're sowing seeds today, that's what today's about in all of our congregations. And that is, I wanted to do it in light of the kingdom. So today's message I've entitled, Seed of This New Kingdom. The seed of this new kingdom. I'm going to start by that scripture that I read out on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Everybody say, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. That's <laughs> the base scripture that I'm going to be looking at today. Verse 10 says this. 
Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. That's pretty cool. Verse 11, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. There's a phrase in there that grabbed my heart. So that you can be generous on every occasion. What does that mean? Does that mean I'll have so much money, I'll have to just get rid of it somehow? Or does it mean I've got to grip my teeth, dig deep into my pockets, no matter how I feel, I'm just going to have to suck it up and just give something? What does it mean? You will be generous on every occasion. I want to be generous on every occasion. To be generous feels great, doesn't it? To be generous is a wonderful thing. I love it. You can be generous with a smile, right? You're not feeling so great, but you just smile anyway. And you know, one of these smiles is something you usually give it, you usually get something nice back. That's a return thing. I want to be generous. And I want to be generous on every occasion. But what does Paul mean by this? We're going to be looking at a few scriptures today, so please stay with me. I've had a thought on this, a revelation on this I want to share with you. Because if we can get what I think Paul is actually saying here, it'll change your life. It'll change everything. It's more than just about giving finances, I think it's about just being a Christian with a generous outlook on life. Let's go to Matthew chapter five and look at what Jesus said. Very interesting, I noticed. Verse one to three. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain and sat down. His disciples came with him. And he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. That stopped me. He didn't say, blessed are the poor because they belong to the kingdom. He said, the kingdom is theirs. Now, that might just be semantics, I don't know. Perhaps it's lost in translation, I don't know. But I looked at it and it grabbed my heart. Maybe it's more than just what we think it is. The kingdom is actually theirs. It almost talks about ownership. It talks about not just attending something. It talks about it being within you. Interesting, isn't it? I believe it means actually the kingdom belongs to them. Let's look at another scripture. Matthew chapter 19, verse 13 and 14. Then people brought their little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be awesome? Come here, little kids. This is the saviour of the world. He's got to lay hands on you. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little ones come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as this. Not, oh look, they're members of the kingdom. It's the other way around. Like I said, is it semantics? I don't know. But what I do know, it, it does fit the narrative to what I'm discovering about God's kingdom. The kingdom of God, I, you know what? I'm less in the kingdom of God and more the kingdom of God's in me. And I think Jesus there has dropped an amazing truth bomb revealing about how this all works. The kingdom of God belongs to them. Wow. I love being Australian. I think we live in the luckiest country in the world. Sorry for all those who are streaming from other nations. You obviously live in the second best nation of the world like Cambodia. We love Cambodia. 
But uh, I love Australia, I love being Australian. But you don't just be Australian by living here. There's some things that are in Australian that gets into you, right? I'm gonna sing a song and I want you to tell me what comes next. Okay, there's a test. We're all gonna be tested today, okay? Happy birthday to you. You've got to do three, otherwise I start twitching. All right? Do you know it's only Australia that does that? True. In America, it's because we do hip hip hooray with, for he's a jolly good fellow, all around the world. And Americans come here and they go, why on earth are you doing hip hip hooray after happy birthday? It's just who we are. And there's a whole bunch of little idioms a whole bunch of little things that we do because we're Australian. We've embraced a culture and it's not no longer around us, it's actually in us. One thing I've really always named and I've always really wanted to do is set a culture within our family. Little things like we forgive really quick. Little things like, you know, we serve God, that's what we do. Burrows serve God in our family, that's non-negotiable. Serve him the rest of your life, doesn't mean you have to serve church, just serve God. And um, I've been amazed. I've watched my children, it's just part of their life. And I've beautiful three daughters-in-law who have come along and God has just amazingly just brought these beautiful women who have this culture that fits into our family beautifully. And I hear them, you know, saying things. I thought, you know what, I've always said that. I've always felt that. It's like... Burrell is not on them, it's in them. And I love it. Now I'm sure there's lots of things that these beautiful women have brought into our family which we're adopting as well. Because it gets into you, it doesn't just sit on you. It's like the difference between attending church and being the church. I think that's what Jesus meant by, you own the kingdom. The kingdom is yours. It belongs to you. It's more than just saying, oh, you know, I've got to be in the kingdom and just, you know, see what happens. No, 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 no. The kingdom is in you. It belongs to you. When the kingdom belongs to us, our whole lives change, our being change. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Everybody say 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Didn't hear you at home? We're gonna look at the scriptures before that seed scripture. It's always good when you read the Bible, look at the context, trying to figure out what Paul was actually meaning when he wrote it, or John, or Peter. 2 Corinthians chapter nine, verse six, and we're gonna work our way through this because as I read this, it became more apparent to me about what it means for the kingdom to be in you rather than you be in the kingdom, right? 2 Corinthians chapter nine, verse six, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will always also reap generously. I used to read this scripture as a warning. I used to read the scripture and say, oh man, I better give something, otherwise I'm in trouble, I'll get nothing back. I don't think that what Paul's about. I don't think he's challenging people to give more. I don't think he is. Otherwise, the next verse would, would contradict him. Next verse, he actually says, don't give out of compulsion. But if we read this, oh, I can't so sparingly. 
I've got to serve generously, otherwise I won't reap. It's out of compulsion, right? And Paul's not going to contradict himself. The Greek word says sparingly is phedomenos. I'm pretty good at that. Phedomenos. Which basically means stingy or to withhold. You know, gives a little or give nothing, right? Generously means elogius, elogius, which means blessing. So really it's saying, hey, when you're sowing, you can sow anything from nothing to being a total blessing. And how you sow just a principle of what the kingdom's like, you get back what you give. Simple as that. The, the way in which you give is the way in which you receive, which is in line with what Jesus said about the talents. The guy buried five talents, he got five back. The guy buried 10 talents, he got 10 back. It's just a kingdom truth. And if you're sitting here thinking, I haven't got much to give, good. That's fair enough. Well, you, know, you might want more, but it's fine with me. Just what you do so is what will come. Can I tell you what I've seen in Hawkesbury Church? Actually, all, all of our churches, really. I've seen this amazing blessing over the years. And one of the things which is very out in front of us is people's houses. I've lost count of how many people are building houses right now. I know of people who have actually said to me, we'll probably never own a house, we now own one. Pretty amazing. And I think people are actually grasping this whole thing about just living in the kingdom and God has heaps of treasures there and blessings. And when I give generously, the blessings just flow generously. It's just, I think what he's saying here, it's just a principle. It's just how it is. It's no threat, it's no warning, it's no big challenge. And I re regret all the times I've preached it the other way. Because I wasn't right, I think it's just more just showing an indication, right? It's an observation about how the kingdom works and how it works within me. Let's go to verse 7, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Those three words, in your heart, right? Not reluctantly or under compulsion. Oh, Rick told me I've got to give. Or, oh, you know, if I don't give anything, I won't get anything. God, God will judge me. That's out of compulsion. So he's not wanting us to do that. He wants us, it says, he, God, God loves a cheerful giver. Just be cheerful. If you have nothing to give, be cheerful. That's what I think it is. I think he's more concerned about you than your gift anyway. I am. It's all about what's in your heart that God's concerned about. Verse eight. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Wow. You'll have everything you need. I think here it's talking about trusting him. It actually sounds like Matthew 6.33 to me. All these things, what am I going to wear? What am I going to do? What am I going to eat? Jesus said, seek God's kingdom first in Matthew 6. Seek his and his righteousness. doesn't say seek my righteousness because I'll never be righteous. It's his righteousness that I put on as a robe. That's why it appears so good. No, no, no. Seek first God's kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. All these things. I want to live there. And that's what he's saying here. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you'll abound in every good works. I'll read to you John 15. 
Jesus is talking about abiding with him. Again, I think it's another way of saying, living with the kingdom in you, having it in you, right? And in verse seven and eight, it says this, if you remain or abide in me and my words abide or remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Really? Wow. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Again, it's nothing to do with behaviour. It's nothing to do with about doing the right thing. Christianity is not about doing the right thing. It is all about abiding in him, allowing him to rule in your life, allowing him to help you through things, allowing him to provide for you, being in his kingdom. Let's continue to read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 9. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Wow. They've freely scattered. They've freely done it. It hasn't been a burden to them. Where's the freely come from? I think the freely comes from the fact that you own the kingdom. Your stuff doesn't own you. Your bank balance doesn't own you. Your finances don't own you. I think that's where it comes from. It says there, their righteousness endures forever. It's not our righteousness. It's not really, it doesn't mean that. We're not righteous before, because we give. Our righteousness is totally dependent on the King of Kings. And the King, his kingdom belongs to me. That's what the scripture's about. It is not about sacrifice. Jesus has paid the sacrifice. I do know with our giving, I like to increase it all the time. I try to. I try to give more this year than we did last year. That's, that's what I felt the Lord said, do that. Desire to do what's in your heart. I believe God put in my heart, just do more than you did last year. And I tell you, God is blessing us. I'm loving it. And I don't think it's so much about a number of a figure. I think our heart is growing. Our desire for the, uh, the kingdom to be in our heart, that desire is growing. And as a result, this whole wanting to be generous, I just want to be generous. It's not even to get it back. It's like the more blessed I am, the more blessing I want to be. I've discovered something. Generosity is not what you do. It's where you live. You can give a lot of money and still not be generous. But you might not have much to give. And you can be as generous as anything. It has everything to where you position your life. Within his kingdom and his kingdom within us. And that's where generosity just continues to flow out of us. You hearing me? This is a revelation I've been living on. I'm loving it. Matthew chapter 25. Jesus makes a comment. He says this. All the people ask him, Jesus, when did we see you hungry that we didn't feed you? When did we see you naked and we didn't clothe you? When did we see you in jail and we didn't visit you? When did that happen? Because he said, 
you know, visit me, do all these things, feed me, clothe me. And because you didn't do that, ah. And Jesus said, because you didn't do that, depart from me, I never knew you. Well, that's interesting. They did it for God. Well, they didn't do it, for, you know, they were part of his kingdom, they thought. When you didn't clothe them, you didn't clothe me, depart from me, for you never knew me. Could that be, and I'm, I'm investigating this still, but could that I never knew you actually mean you weren't in my kingdom? Because if you were in my kingdom, it wouldn't even be a second thought. It would just flow out of you. That you want to make sure that person has clothes, has food. It's just a result of being in the kingdom. If, if you're in his kingdom and has little to do with what you do, it's more about who you are and what you do flows out of who you are and who you are is this person who just wants to give. And Jesus says it all goes right back to the fact that we don't know each other. That's why he didn't give it. Wow. You can give a lot of money and not even know Jesus. But I don't think you can represent his generosity without knowing him. I don't think you can represent his heart without having his kingdom within you. This is what I'm learning. If we dig into our pockets today and say, do you know what? I'm going to give more than we've ever given before. It'll feel good, no doubt about it. Afterwards you go, oh boy, what else could I have done with that money maybe? But if we do what's in our heart and we've been living, embracing that kingdom of God, it's more than just feeling good. There is this satisfaction that you can't find anywhere else. And it's not in the gift. It's in knowing those the one who the kingdom is all about. That's where it's at. I want you to read this, this little passage of scripture. Stay with me. I'm just going to finish up with this last scripture. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10 says this. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. If you were just to read that scripture, you would think that, you know, that I may live, live a life worthy. I've got to live a life worthy of the Lord and please him so that he's pleased in every good way, bearing fruit with all my good works, growing in the knowledge of God, growing, I've got to grow, I've got to grow. But to me, that doesn't follow the narrative of what Jesus and Paul and Peter and John and all the guys who we hear from doesn't sit the narrative until you read the scripture before it. Let's look at it, verse nine. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have, stopped, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. It's not about trying to live right, 
The world can do that. A Buddhist can do that. They can do the works. They do. But he's saying here, we pray for you pretty well that the Holy Spirit will show you something that the Holy Spirit will come into you with God's wisdom, with his knowledge, with his generosity, with everything he is, so that when someone looks at your life, your life will be worthy of God. Not because you do the works, it's because you've entered into his kingdom. Our acting flows out of who we are. Who we are? We're the ones who own the kingdom. The kingdom is in us. The king is our king. I think it's very interesting. There's another sermon. He's called the king of kings. I'm wondering whether that's because we're called to be kings and queens of the kingdom. That's interesting, isn't it? I think, you know, what's his name? The guy who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis. I think he had a little bit of an insight into that. I'm going to study it up. Maybe next week or the week after or something, I'll preach on that. We're called to be those who own the kingdom. I love it. Thank you, musicians, if you would come. Living in the kingdom is an amazing thing. I, I'm trying to live in the kingdom more and more, and I'm realizing that trying is all about waiting on Holy Spirit allowing my spirit to embrace Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit begins to lead me. Putting into action really that born again experience really is what it is. The more I do that, the more I want to make him the king of my life. I like to pay my tithes. Those who aren't aware, tithe means 10%. So the first 10% of my increase I like to give to the Lord because he owns it anyway. He's my king, it's his. That's why I tithe. It honours him. It also says he owns my finances. That's why I do it. And you know what? I don't expect a blessing back because I tithe. I don't. It is just what it is. He wants it, he's got it. He's my king, right? I'm in his kingdom. His kingdom is within me. But then when it comes to giving, because my tithing is an indication that I'm in the kingdom. I live this way. Whether I give sparingly or even nothing, that's what I'll reap. If I give more, I'll reap. It's a fruit of the kingdom. I don't want to give out a compulsion and because Rick told me I have to, or oh boy, that you know, that kid with really big eyes, or that puppy dog on the on the video, or I'm not going to be moved emotionally. I just want to do what he's placed in my heart because he's my king. And if I'm in the kingdom or the kingdom's within me, I'll know what he's placed on my heart. And then, because it's actually in my heart, I'll be generous on every occasion. Whenever I want to be, I'll be generous. I'll be a blessing is a better way to say it. On every occasion because the kingdom's in me. You understand it? Well, today we're gonna to be taking up, well, we're not gonna be actually taking up an offering, but we have a box at the back which you can place if you put an envelope. 
you want a tax deduction, we've got to have your details so we can send you out the receipt. But if not, just give it along. I want you to know, I do not know who gives what. I've made an effort to make sure that I don't know who the big givers are or anything like that because that can really filter me. I'm a human being after all. I don't know what you give. In fact, I don't really care. What I care about are you living moment by moment in His kingdom. That's all I care about. Because if you are, life changes. It's much more than just finances. It's everything. Right now, if you're going through struggles and you're thinking, this, oh, there's a tragedy happening in my life, in His kingdom is where you want to gather your hope. You don't want to get your kingdom out of a fat preacher. I mean, your trust out of a fat preacher. You don't want to get your hope out of some really good word that I bring. You want to get your hope out of the kingdom. You want to get your freedom out of the kingdom. You want to get everything you need if you are lonely right now and you need someone in your life. He's the one you really want. And within your kingdom, He'll provide for you everything you want. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be given unto you. So yes, we're going to be taking up the offering. Or maybe you'll be taking up the offering like this today. Or Thank you for doing that. But really, more importantly, thanks for getting into the kingdom. Because that's what counts. So I've been trying to say in the sermon. But like I said, let's just strip the finances away for a moment. Every aspect of your life as your pastor, what I'm looking for is for you to find everything you need. If you're going through grief right now, He's the comforter, not this guy. I'm a signpost, say, go to Him, go to Him, go to Him. Or more importantly, walk into His kingdom and allow His kingdom to fill you so that you own His kingdom. That's what I'm looking for. I'd love to pray for you. If you're at home today, or watching us online, wherever you are, how about you? Are you walking moment by moment? Do you know Him? Do you know Him? Maybe you're sitting here today, you don't even know Him. Oh, songs we've been singing today are all about just come to Him. He's the majesty, He's the one. I'd like us all to stand if we could, even if you're at home, could you just stand? I want to pray over you. Holy Spirit is here right now. Here's a secret. He never leaves you ever. He's everywhere. Every now and then he just makes his presence felt. I love that. You'll be driving along in the car and something overwhelms you. He's there. You could be sitting alone in a room not knowing what to do next in full despair. He's there. You could be gripped with worry because of a circumstance in family or around you somewhere at work. He's there. And He is so in love with you that He wants to know you intimately because it's in that intimate relationship 
you will find every answer. Feeling tired, weary? Feeling beat up? Yeah, those things happen. But Holy Spirit is called a comforter for a very good reason. Because He comforts. So I'd like us all just to close your eyes right now, just for privacy reasons. I'm not going to ask anyone to put their hands up or anything like that. I'm going to ask Holy Spirit to come and visit you. Would you just open your heart to Him right now? Maybe the things, that one thing I'm feeling so broken right now, Rick. Could you just hold that in your hands maybe and just, as I pray for Holy Spirit, that He would just come and take it? Rick, I'm feeling confused right now. He's going to come and take that off you. Just that, whatever's confusing you, just the confusion, just hold it in your hands and He'll take it from you. You got a burden? Relationship strained? Holy Spirit, would you just come right now? You're the comforter. You're the one who walks beside us. Oh yeah, there's a breakthrough right there in someone. Right there. Yep. He's got this. Father, would you help all of us to understand why you sent your Spirit? And Holy Spirit, would you show us the kingdom? so that we could own the kingdom within us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we love you. Lord, this person needs healing. You know what he's doing right now? He's melting someone's heart. You've allowed your heart to get hard. He's just going to melt that away because he can and he does. And it's hurting a little bit and you're feeling vulnerable, but that's okay. Just let him do that. Look into him. I use my mind's eye to look at him. And just allow him to bring that healing. He will melt the hard heart because... A hard heart can't be hurt, but it can't, be, it can't feel the love either. And he wants you to feel his love right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I love you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's wonderful. I love his presence. It's beautiful here right now. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, the prayer you want to pray is simply, Lord, I want to be born again. I want to be born from above. Forgive me of all my sin. Come into my life. That's the prayer you pray. So if you want to pray that right now, just do that. And what you're doing is you're surrendering your life, your agenda. But what you're asking for is that miracle, which is called being born again where the Holy Spirit awakens your spirit. Holy Spirit, will you just do that for anyone who asks right now? Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Ha ha. 
That's the miracle right there. Walking in the Spirit is how you walk in the kingdom. But it's when the kingdom gets into you that everything gets real exciting in life. Amen. Amen, everyone. Well, thank you for being here today. It's, it's just, it just means a lot to be part of the family, I reckon. I love the family gatherings and joining us from home as well. Thank you for that. Can we put up on the screen just the details for the accounts again, guys? And we'll leave that on the screen for our live feed as well. Just so that people can know, if you want to give tax deductibly, that's how you do it. If you don't, that's how you do it. And um, God bless you as you give. And together, we've got a lot of stuff we want to see done. And I have faith in God to know that He'll provide everything we need so that we as a church can be generous on every occasion. Amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic rest of the weekend. Bye.